the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 and 2023 WVBA Talk Show of the Year. Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 8th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tarnado and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchwell building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. You can text us 304-263-4321. You can send us a message on Facebook at Panhandle Live or WPMWCSD, the Panhandle News Network. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? How'd you survive the storms yesterday? Well, you know... <laughs> It, it got dark around 3.30, and so I was anticipating. I thought, oh, something, you know, this could be Something's something coming. really big. And and we got a lot of wind, and we got a lot of rain, like driving rain, but thankfully no tornadoes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's one of those things where it wasn't as bad as we were expecting, which is a good thing. You never want it to be as bad as you expect it to be, but I think everybody was pretty prepared. So, of course, our uh, buddy Will for West Virginia Eastern Panhandle uh, Weather, he was posting a ton of stuff on uh, his page. We were posting uh, all the information we were receiving on our page. But, uh, yeah, I was looking out the window yesterday around 2.30 uh, from my apartment, and I saw the storms coming across the mountain, Ooh. right? And I can see pretty much the radio station uh, from where I'm at. So I saw it coming across the mountain, this big, huge, dark line of clouds. Oh, and then, ominous. But the craziest thing was... I saw it literally stop pretty much here over top of the radio station, and then I watched the wind start blowing it north, and then the oh. worst of it kind of missed. That first kind of uh, that first kind of wave missed us uh, a little bit. So yeah, all things considered, I think uh, we dodged a little bit of a bullet yesterday. But that being said, if you uh, you know have seen some damage out on the roads anywhere, if there's flooding or trees down or anything along those lines that uh, we haven't talked about or or uh, haven't seen yet, you can send us a message on uh, our text page three zero four two six three four three two one or on our uh, Facebook page, and uh, we'll get that information out accordingly. Absolutely, and uh, we're happy that uh, someone on the line is be- is able to call in today because it's a busy special session. So hopefully, on the line we have House Speaker Pro Tem. Paul Espinosa, welcome in. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. Good to be with you. I hope everybody weathered the storm okay. I understand it got a little scary over there. Yeah, how was it down uh, down southern part of the state way? It had a little thunderstorm, a little rain, but uh, nothing really uh, uh, you know significant. Uh, we, uh, we didn't get any hail, which uh, I did see some, some Facebook footage of some hail over there in the area. And I know I was just talking with my wife uh, there in Summit Point down in uh, southern Jefferson County, and she said it was look, looked pretty ominous there. But fortunately, we got through without any uh, any damage. So I hope everybody else uh, was able to uh, avoid uh, any damage and, and made it through the storm okay. Well, it was stormy weather across the state, but was it stormy weather down uh, in the house? 
Well, it was a marathon uh, session yesterday in House Finance, on which I serve. Uh, as uh, I think your listeners may be aware, uh, the governor did call us in the special session. Uh, we got the word uh, uh, late uh, Sunday afternoon that uh, we were going to be called in, into session, and so we convened uh, late Sunday. And I think we had a total of 44 bills that uh, he had placed on the call uh, for a variety of different purposes. Of course, uh, corrections is a big issue, a topic of discussion. Uh, that uh, you know, what we what can we do to try to address what uh, clearly is a uh, kind of a state of emergency in our in our. Uh, uh, correction system here in West Virginia. Myself and a number of Eastern Panel legislature actually toured Eastern Regional Jail uh, several months ago and kind of saw some of the challenges they're having, uh, you know, uh, for ourselves. And uh, uh, do anticipate that uh, we're going to be able to provide some additional funding to enhance uh, pay for our corrections officers and also for our uh, non-uniformed uh, uh, personnel. Uh, I think that was one of the concerns as well, that you know we need to do something to not only retain them, but uh, you know just uh, let them know that you know we do value their service as well. So I think altogether, uh, I think uh, from what I from what I recall, I think we uh, are going to provide those uh, non-uniform uh, personnel. Uh, what the House proposed was a $2,300 retention payment that would uh, uh, go out uh, in October, and then another $2,300 for those non-uniformed officers that would go out in in March. And, and the idea there is that it would provide an opportunity for uh, us, uh, when we come back in regular session, to continue to roll up our sleeves and see if we can't come come up with a uh, a more permanent fix. There is a, a $25 million pay enhancement for correction officers as well, and so that's really where the bulk of the assistance would come. And the billing um, would also create a salary schedule, and it uh, includes a step process uh, at uh, somewhere in the range of about $225 a year. So the whole idea is to try to place those correction officers on a, on a plan where they can kind of see, okay, uh, this is where uh, – uh, where you know I will be if I if I uh, remain uh, with West Virginia Corrections and really um, you know make those uh, you know, really provide a career path for those individuals. So that twenty three hundred dollar retention bonus that you talked about, I called it a bonus. I'm not sure if you called it that or not. It is, is that yep. is is that from um, from surplus funds? Um, how much of this is in is is locked into a state budget? Yeah. Well, the. Um, the the step uh, process uh, for the corrections officers that would be uh, funded out of general revenue. The uh, one-time retention bonuses for the uniformed officers those are bonuses. Those are one-time uh, bonuses, and those are coming out of surplus. And that's why it's going to be important when we do come back in January to kind of take a look at the overall corrections uh, situation and uh, see what we can do to address that on a long-term basis. One of the things that I think we we always have been cognizant of and and we've tried to uh, be very uh, careful to avoid using one-time money for long uh, to solve long-term issues and so while we will provide some bonuses and some other capital investments uh, uh, that uh, were proposed by the governor you know, we don't want to get in a situation where we're trying to fund ongoing uh, obligations through one-time money. So uh, 
you'll see in the in the legislation that we'll be enacting that uh, we've really tried to avoid that because again that's just not it's just not wise to do that because obviously when those one-time monies aren't available uh, then you would find yourself in a in a very challenging fiscal situation yeah we're speaking with house speaker paul espinoza and maybe marcia can help trigger my memory here in a minute but we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago that was talking about the corrections crisis if you will and said that uh, one of the fixes in his mind is to build more prisons uh, to try and fix this problem now in my personal opinion i don't think that should be the case at all but is that maybe one of the uh one of the ideas that's floating around the house that's not something that's really under discussion this session. Uh, obviously, we hear regularly from our corrections leadership, uh, and uh, certainly, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they will keep us apprised of of uh, any additional space that they need. One of the things that I know that uh, I've heard our corrections leadership share during uh, House finance hearings is just the need to address deferred maintenance in our existing facilities. And so uh, this uh, last session, we actually did include uh, some uh, surplus funding for uh, just that, to uh, provide uh, needed uh, uh, deferred maintenance uh, for our facilities, uh, even including the the locking mes- mechanisms on some of the jail cells. I mean, that's something that you just assume uh, is just a given that uh, that those uh, would be in good working order. But apparently, they've uh, really uh, found that to be a challenge, and uh, some of that maintenance has been deferred. And so, we did actually already allocate, even before this special session, uh, some sur- surplus monies, which we, we will be available this fiscal year, that will allow them to address some of those issues. I will also just uh, uh, share, uh, uh, Jordan and Marsha, that the House took a little different approach than the Senate uh, this uh, special session. Uh, The Senate, I think, made pretty quick work out of each of the governor's bills uh, uh, that they were assigned. We kind of split up bills between the House and the Senate. The Senate uh, made pretty quick work of those and passed out all those bills uh, Sunday evening without any of those going to committee, to to my understanding. The House uh, uh, decided to send all of our bills you know to a committee the the ones with a price tag were sent to our house finance committee on which i serve uh, a number of bills that had more of a judicial aspect including some of the corrections bills did go to our house judiciary committee uh, just so that we could thoroughly vet those and one of the things i think that was uh, very clear that that our our members in the house were were uh, concerned about is that while we certainly felt that it was important to address some of these pressing issues where there was a good case and good information available to us uh we wanted to make sure there was a compelling reason to address these during a special session as opposed during the normal course of business in a regular session when you can thoroughly vet uh, legislation. And so uh, we uh, we pared back uh, the, the legislation that we had. I think we, we probably pared down uh, probably about a billion dollars worth of uh, asks uh, by the governor uh, by about $300 million. Uh, I think all told, I think we ended up somewhere with about $789 million dollars worth of of uh, one-time expenditures uh, that uh, that we did uh, approve out of house finance and that'll be before the uh, full house uh, this morning uh, so we're doing our best to try to make sure that you know these these proposals uh, are thoroughly vetted and do represent good investments uh, with taxpayer dollars so are you guys going to be all finished up today 
That is our goal. That is our hope. Uh, again, we're about to gavel in any minute uh, here uh, this morning uh, in the House. And uh, once we uh, uh, work through our budget, we'll just systematically be working through. But that is our goal to try to wrap up the special session today. Our regularly scheduled legislative interims also uh, will conclude today. And uh, our goal anytime we do have a special session is to try to conclude that during the time when we're normally here anyway uh, to avoid any additional expense associated with a special session. Well, thank so you for making our fingers crossed that we will uh, get this wrapped up today. Thanks for making some time uh, calling in this morning. House Speaker Pro Tem Paul Espinosa of Jefferson County calling in from the special session. We really appreciate your time this morning on Panhandle Live. Good to be with you. Thank Take you. Again, Paul Espinosa calling in. Uh, a lot of stuff going on downstate, Marsha. Mostly regarding corrections. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting to see what all that looks like. And I, I wondered whenever the, he talked about those uh, $2,300 retention bonuses, you know, whether that could be would be permanently worked in. But obviously, the state has a pretty large budget surplus, and some of that money will be coming from that. And as he said, leadership is hesitant to spend money that may not be back next year. Absolutely. So if you missed any of the conversation with uh, House Speaker Pro Tem Paul Espinoza, you can listen back to that a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But we'll get to this first break. And coming up after the break, we'll be speaking uh, with some of the folks from Blue Ridge at CTC. Talk about your future, Marsha. Taco. <laughs> talk about it. Taco. We're going to talk about it. Your future uh, event coming up at Blue Ridge CTC. That'll be after the break on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nicewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kabalik. And Marsha, our next guest is joining us in studio. Ready to talk about it? Oh, my gosh. Somebody start a counter for every time Marsha Marcia says, talk about it today. Joel Heslip from Blue Ridge Community and Technical College joins us. And he's here to talk about talk about an event called talk about your future oh yeah so Luke, that's Luke why i'm gonna hit on this one okay all right well i'll let you i'll here. let you take it yeah well good morning i'm happy to be here yeah we're uh we had a fun event it's already one's already happened on the august 2nd and now we're gonna have an, another iteration the same thing again but on the 10th uh, because at Blue Ridge Community Technical College, we're starting up classes again on the 21st. Man. So we're, we're right around the corner here. I was just saying uh, our uh, summer sessions just ended last week, and now we're about to jump in to the, the fall semester here Learning on the 21st. Learning never takes a break. It doesn't. It doesn't. But when you're a teacher, you're like, it would be nice to have <laughs> more than a week break, you know? <laughs> but, uh, no, it's been great. We have a, an event coming up on the, the 10th at the Technology Center in Martinsburg. And um, what's that called? It's called Talk About Your Future, but Taco About Your Future. Uh, And so it's fun. A little play on words because they're going to be walking tacos. You can come in, you know, make your own tacos there uh, and get some some food. The culinary program always puts on uh, a great uh, show for us whenever they're catering, which is always so fun. If you've never been to one of their um, catered events, they're just they're amazing. And even. once a year, they have a really big soiree of, of things. Then mm-hmm. they have like um, 
special fund and uh, art and all kinds of uh, incredible stuff. So if you've never gotten a chance to see some of the culinary uh, catering stuff, it's it's really a treat. But yeah, you can do uh, free walking tacos. There's um, you can get a chance to win a, a free tuition voucher uh, for Ooh. a class, which is awesome. Um, and you'd be able to all kinds of stuff. You can apply to college. Uh, the thing I like about these events is that if you haven't had a chance um, to do it, you can go in, you have a personal experience that where they're having multiple people to um, you know, help walk you through it, you know, hold your hand a little bit if you need it. <laughs> it's going to be okay because college could be a, a scary Ooh, thing yeah. to jump right into. And um, there's admission counselors there. Um, the advisors will be there for the program. So whether you're doing like agribusiness or lab tech or uh, I do IT courses mm-hmm. for digital media um, or electrical line work. We were just talking about the storms that were hitting right. and, you know, the, the needed work in that field. Seems um, like a very easy entry into the college world because it seems, I mean, college can be a pretty intimidating thing. Yeah. You got all these choices, got these big campuses, things like that. But this seems like a very uh, uh, no fuss way to yeah, experience win. it. Big win. They have... Um, you can talk to someone about financial aid. I know that's like always uh, people get nervous. Like, how mm-hmm. am I going to pay for this? But we have some great, great financial aid people that will talk about grants and loans and your FAFSA and all these big acronyms that make my head hurt sometimes. <laughs> but they'll they'll be like, all right, hey, you know, this is how easy it is, Jordan. Right. Like, just sign up, you know, this year, here, here. And there's, there's so much extra money in the state uh, available mm-hmm. for education that people are missing out on and think, oh, I can never afford this. But there's so many great opportunities and um, financial, you know, things that are out there that'll help make these so more feasible. To the and the, the last dollar initiative, is mm-hmm. that still in play or? Uh, I would have to ask about that. I'm not, I'm not sure there's That's something the financial aid. Folks yeah. <laughs> because I know there was specifically uh, related to community and technical colleges and, um, you know, the vocational training, yes. an effort to to help those, yeah, you things know, like make- WV Invest, mm-hmm. and there's there's a ton of really great ones that. Uh, before I started working at Blue Ridge, I hadn't heard of them, and I was like, "How did I not know about these things?" And it's just a great opportunity. So yeah, there'll be live demonstrations of of some of the program um, things. They'll they'll be uh, talking about um, paid internships and opportunities in the uh, in the area. Uh, I was talking to Marie out there about just I love all the connections we have in the mm-hmm. local businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can walk in and talk to some of these businesses and, and really be uh, a whole world of opportunities of jobs and internships and things. And then a lot of these internships turn into jobs. So mm-hmm. it's a really great uh, opportunity to connect with these community members here. Well, that's what I think is so special, like you were saying about this area, is that there's so many opportunities now that are just continuing to grow and grow mm-hmm. with the different uh, yeah. industry that's coming into town. Manufacturing. And, right. Blue Ridge mm-hmm. CTC is a great place to you know get your foot in the door. Yeah, we. Uh, I was just talking to a friend about how Inwood and Martinsburg, and the, especially the southern half, in the last year or two, there's so many new manufacturing things in the area, so many new jobs that are appearing. I feel like every uh, other month I turn around and there's another housing development. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Some people aren't, aren't so big of a fan, but it shows <laughs> that the growth in the industry in the area and Blue Ridge really is trying to capitalize on helping Get, getting the education for the people that, you know, would love it and, and to really help prepare them for to get their, you know, right at, jump into the job right away, which I love. And we know that Blue Ridge has had a, you know, relationship with a lot of these uh, industry leaders. Mm-hmm. Some of the factories yeah. when they came into town um, had Blue Ridge take care of their onboarding for their new employees. Yes. Um, and so does that also translate to 
better chances at job placement for your students because you guys have these relationships? I know you can't promise someone. Right, yeah. No, um, we, we've done a, a ton of work with some of the industry um, partners with P&G and some other trainings at our facilities and a lot of them will do some of their national trainings with us, which is amazing. And we've had students that then have opportunities with, with these companies just from sheer uh, connections in and out of the building. You know, they're working in similar fields or they're trying to learn similar fields. And it's been really, really cool to see, like, they just segue right into there. And then some of the ones that were at P&G um, have taken extra courses at Blue Ridge and decided to, you know, expand their educational uh, journey, which has been so cool that there's been, you know, back and forth with a lot of these companies that it's been a very great uh, helping relationship on both ends um, with industry partners as well as as Blue Ridge. So we love to see that. Well, before we let you go, so we have to get into our buy me our break here in just uh, about a minute and a half or so. Let people know about the taco about your future event coming up at Blue Ridge and where they can go to find out all that information. Yeah, it'll be August 10th uh, coming up at the Tech Center, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. And the tech center is 5550 Winchester Avenue, Martinsburg, West Virginia, the old corning plant. Perfect. And so uh, if you have any questions, feel free to check out our blueridgectc.edu. Uh, there's all kinds of information on there. Perfect. And to go uh, on brand with what could possibly go wrong, which is coming up next with Jefferson County Homeland Security, Marshall, that would be a good idea to play a little music out here. We're talking about Talk About Your Future, so why not listen to a song that's all about talking about Talking about talking about grooving a little funky town. So, Joel, thanks for <laughs> stopping it. in. Have a good day in the conversation. You can listen back to a little bit later on our Panda News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. If you missed any of the show so far, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But when you start to hear this music playing. You know, that only means one thing. What could possibly go wrong with Jefferson County Homeland Security? Steve Allen. Steve, good morning. Good morning. So uh, I asked you when you walked in, asked you and Dick when you guys walked in, uh, did you have a busy night last night? And thankfully, you guys said no. Yeah, just uh, just a few uh, lines down, power lines down and so forth. Uh, and I think at the height, we had maybe 350, 375 uh, home, well, re- um, customers without power from uh, Potomac Edison. Um, and I'm trying to think, and, and this morning we still have about 75 uh, up on the mountain, uh, Shannondale and uh, uh, Blue Ridge Acres and up, uh, you know, in the Blue Ridge Mountain, of yeah. course, and uh, a few in the Shepherd, outside of Shepherdstown, actually. So it was about 45 up on the mountain and about 30 in the Shepherdstown area. I was so. looking around the Panhandle and, yeah. and there were small events, but they were all 1 to 20 people. That's so it. yeah. it's usually like a tree falling on someone's power line near yeah. their house, that kind yeah. of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, matter of fact, there was there was one report for structure fire, and actually, what it was was a nearby. Um, they had a power line down that was on fire, and that's that's what the that's terrifying. The, uh, yeah, but no big flooding, nothing. Yeah, knock nope. on wood, nothing along those nope. lines. Yeah, we had uh, the flood watch, and uh, yeah. you know, well, anytime you have that inundation of uh, a couple, up to a couple of inches of rain uh, in your low lying areas, uh, you know, you can have that possibility right. of 
of localized flooding or flash flooding. That radar looked pretty serious. Yeah. I, you know, I was, I was sharing it with my kids. They're all, you know, all over the place, you know, geographically. But um, just to see that kind of rolling over your area oh, yeah. on the interstate. Yeah, it was nasty looking. With the red. Yeah. Well, it could the, be worse if it was a derecho that came across in 2012. Right. Right. One line after another. And, well, and, I was going to uh, ask you, Dick, I mean, what, what, what were we expecting? What were, what were y'all looking at most uh, intently yesterday? Just the severe thunderstorms and flood watch later yeah. on. Then we also had some expected tornado watches as well. Yeah, I saw pictures so. people had online of uh, what looked like a funnel cloud here in Berkeley County. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen any reports of there being uh, a funnel cloud present, so I'm not sure if that uh, was just a funnel-shaped cloud or not. But uh, I know that was the big thing I was really paying attention to was those tornadoes because not very often we get uh, that much. Of, I mean, of course, it wasn't a guarantee, but that much of a chance yeah. of getting a tornado around these parts. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And with the high winds, I know yeah. uh, uh, Elaine Bartleson with EPTA mm-hmm. had been in contact with us and asking for recommendations and things like that. And, and I believe she was pulling off uh, the, the buses, of course, with a high-profile vehicle, mm-hmm. high winds like that. They, they can definitely you know, move it around. Uh, so she at, at, at uh, that one point, she was talking about pulling them off the road around 4.30 and then resuming about 6 o'clock or so. I don't yeah. know if it, it actually occurred or not, but you know, we had those discussions. And, of course, the yeah. youth fair had to cancel uh, one of its tractor pulls in the carnival oh, yeah. Um, all out of an abundant of, abundance of cautious caution. Excuse me. I looked at their post and they told the the kids who were there with their livestock. They're like, look, you know, if your parents believe that it's good for you to be home, we have dedicated volunteers who will feed and water your livestock for you. Yeah. So that you know. Wow, hats off to those volunteers. But we couldn't miss the Beyonce concert. Oh, okay. well, we could yeah. not miss that. Well, yeah. I think Pink was in, wasn't she? Pink was Pink around was here. Around. Beyonce was around mm. here. I mean, there was all kinds of musical performances mm. going on. But thankfully, the storm yeah. didn't wreck as much havoc, yeah. havoc as we were expecting, which yes. is always a good thing. So, uh, obviously, we, we have you in to talk about more than yesterday's event. Yep. Uh, so, uh, let's talk about your, your all-hazard mitigation efforts. Okay, we'll go ahead and start with, um, of course, we're working on our five-year update as we talked the last time we were here. And, of course, the purpose is to let people know that it's to increase awareness around the threats and vulnerabilities and also to be able to build good partnerships between um, for risk reduction purposes and identify long-term strategies and risk reduction and also align risk reduction with the state and community objectives as well as identify any approaches on the focus of our resources and the greatest vulnerability in our risk. Um, so far, we've had three meetings. We're getting ready to have our fourth meeting, and that's going to be coming up on August the 29th at the um, Ransom Civic Center still. And where we're going to do there is, and also invite the public, we have a brief meeting probably won't even last an hour between the committee. Mm-hmm. And then from, I think, 2 to 4, we're going to have the or maybe two to five, I do believe. Yeah. That's actually going to have the public be able to come in and give their um, thoughts and insights on any vulnerabilities within Jefferson County. So what what do you think that would look like? Someone comes in and says, you know, I think there's a sinkhole forming behind. or there's a Yeah. And actually, some of the vulnerabilities we already have is, of course, droughts, extreme temperatures, evasive species, land subsidies, um, Severe thunderstorms, which we just had, and some places actually had some hail, and also winter storm warnings, and or winter storms, I mean. So those are some of the things that people look at. In addition and, to hazardous materials? Yes. 
um, and, and uh, transportation incidents and things like that. So those are all things that we discussed mm-hmm. during our um, uh, previous meetings and uh, some of the efforts that we're going to, to put forth. And with the public coming in, and, and, uh, and of course, I know Dick will talk about the survey that we've still got ongoing and uh, in the, in the site that you can go to and so forth. But anyway, um, the, the general public coming in, we're just making sure that we're covering everything that could possibly go wrong ah. so that we, we uh, reduce that risk um, that, that we would have. And it, it could be in, uh, you know, elevating uh, properties, and that's a big thing with the community, uh, um, the CRS community rating system that we uh, do, and in, in Berkeley County as well, and in, in several communities, well, many communities throughout the United States, and several in the state of West Virginia. So those are all things that we're doing. Well, we'll go ahead, Marcia. Well, and there is that survey online at jeffersoncountywv.org that folks, and, and do they um, only have till the 29th to complete that? I'm not real sure. I think they can go a little bit longer than that. That's going to be our yeah. last public meeting, but we're still compiling all that information. So. Well, let me ask you guys this. This might be a little bit of a loaded question with the uh, summer. Not quite over yet, but it seems like it's been a pretty low-key summer weather and, you know, hazards-wise, <laughs> right? Why are you saying right? that so loud? He's just wanting, he's just wanting us to get dumped on with the winter what? Yeah. like we did no, with Jonas. Trust me, I do not want any parts of a bad winter. If there's one thing I don't want, it's winter in general. But that being said, I mean... Why are you poking the bear then? I know, yeah. but it seems like... That's it's his been job. A, it's, been a, it's been a pretty easy, uh, pretty easy summer, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've had that, that for three that weeks drought ago. And, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the, the drought doesn't ago. help. Yeah, but the, the moderate drought that we're in, and of course, that can always lead to it. Of course, it helps to have some rain. Now, we don't want to be flooded, so to speak, but however, we we definitely are in need of that because um, with with summer and then we start getting into fall and the leaves falling and things of mm-hmm. that nature, then we have those possibilities of. Major uh, brush fires and woods mm-hmm. fires and things like that. So, and these are all the the hazard mitigation um, pro, um, uh, prog- uh, projects that we're we're talking about. You know, people that live in a, in a uh, wooden uh, or not a wood, but uh, in the uh, in the forested areas and things like that to keep cut back from around their their properties and and things of that nature. So, if a fire does occur, it doesn't get up close to the house and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, and I will not say no first responder in their right mind ever <laughs> says the Q word. Oh, <laughs> Q-U-I-E-T. Oh. It's, too, it's that. too late now. He's already spelled <laughs> it. What, it out in the universe. what word is that? Huh? So we know that, yeah. um, you know, EMS, Homeland Security, all of you guys are doing practices all mm-hmm. through the year, we had a huge school safety drill mm-hmm. uh, here in the county, in Berkeley County, um, uh, hosted by the school system and the Berkeley County Sheriff's Office. Also, you guys had a tabletop exercise uh, in Jefferson County in May, but your preparations continue, right? You're going to have another one in September that it's, is similar. Yeah. And that's constant. Uh, and in the September, uh, September 6th, I believe is the date, mm-hmm. um, we'll be having the functional portion of that tabletop exercise where we're not just talking about what we would do but actually some of the things that we would we would do now not having boots on the ground and responding out and and things like that but we would be making those contacts making sure that that point of contact that we have from the state police or the fbi or is current, whatever yeah. agents that's correct making sure all of those work uh we'll uh, of course and, and it 
Unfortunately, it won't be in Jefferson County. We uh, think that it's going to be held in the uh, Hampshire County area. So that means there'll be travel uh, for the 20 or so people that we have that would staff our emergency operations center. So we'll be taking all of the stuff we would normally have in our emergency operations center with us up to there so that they have all the paperwork they need and all of those different items that the they would, uh, you know, use. You know, the 167th is getting ready to have a big oh, yeah. drill tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I asked the, weekend, yeah. the lieutenant colonel, um, you know, are you drilling? Are you practicing for something specific that you've heard that we might hear about on the world stage? So do you guys do your drills based on yep. real-time information? I mean, what, is, what's there, what are some of the threats that you're preparing for? Well, our exercise, and, and I don't know if Dickie wants to, to elaborate a little bit on, on that exercise, you know, what... Yeah, what, our uh, exercise this year um, is based off of uh, utilities being interrupted by terroristic activity. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, with that, it's very real. It, it is. Happen. Yeah. And this particular exercise, it's not only just the incident itself, but it's been more realistic than the ones that we've had in the past. Yeah. Because in the past, we've gotten so inundated with a lot of other issues going on at the same time. That it's no matter how good your county is, you cannot you know sustain anything that's in there. And of course, we can't use other counties to help us because they're getting the same. Mm-hmm. It's a regional exercise. Well. Oh so, wow! Yeah, it's yes. not just for so one we can't county or use two. resources from other counties to come in and help us. So we're they've got their own problems. We're, we're stuck. So whenever You're the government so whenever yeah. the government says you got seventy two hours to prepare yourselves before help comes, that's the whole purpose of this. So the public knows you know prepare for seventy two hours before you come and get help. Absolutely. Well, so. if you missed any of what could possibly go wrong with uh, Jefferson County Homeland Security, Steve Allen and Dick Myers, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But when you guys walked in, I got to do this before we get to this final break. Uh, Steve, you told us that it's Dick's birthday today. So real quick. <laughs> no sombreros today. <laughs> that normally happens. Sounds a little bit different than I was expecting. There you go. So happy birthday, Dick. Happy Thank birthday. you. Thank you for spending it here at uh, on WPM. We should also say that it is Dr. Generosity's That's birthday right, as well, if he's listening. Yeah, Greg here uh, in the uh, station with Sales Guy. It's also his birthday today, but uh, happy birthday from all of us here. Thank you very much. And unfortunately, you know, with how mail and the supply chain and things, our gift for you got lost, you know, somewhere along the line. So. <laughs> really? I thought there was like cups and pens well, and we all could, kinds we of stuff. We can definitely right hook you up here. with that, but the big gift. Oh, maybe, swag we could do, sure. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll, we'll get to <laughs> be here in time. And also, don't forget to come out to the Jefferson County Fair coming up um, August the 20th through the 26th. We can come to our booth and do preparedness information from us. And we also upgraded our Nixle, which is our mass notification system, to Everbridge. So we're in the process of getting that worked out, which is actually a true non-reverse 911 system instead of people having to opt in Mm. with the Nixle system that we have. Well, gentlemen, thank you for stopping in. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I guess the good thing about that storm rolling through is that it cooled it down a little bit. It is nice yes, outside is. right now. My goodness. So, I told Steve I wanted to be this way all year round. Yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> and I, and that's I wish that's birthday wish. That, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can, we can grant you that wish for today. How about that? <laughs> well, thanks again, fellas. And if you missed any of the conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll get to this final break. We'll come back and talk Berkeley County Youth Fair on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik.
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto. I'm broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And unfortunately, yesterday, Marsha, because of those thunderstorms we were talking about with Jefferson County Homeland Security, Steve Allen and Dick Myers, that the Berkeley County Youth Fair had to be shortened up a little bit yesterday. But, you know, better safe than sorry in that case, especially with all the exhibits and all the animals and all the people that are out there. So to talk about the Berkeley County Youth Fair, Marsha, we have our next guest in studio. That's right. Uh, an alum of 4-H and FFA in the county and, and Musselman High School, go Appleman, is uh, Haley Martz. Welcome in. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being in. So uh, how long have you been in, in 4-H, for example? Well, I've been in 4-H uh, since I was 8, so that's 13 years. But my sister's 10 years older than me, so I've been going to meetings since I was a month old, actually. Oh, wow. So I was going to ask you what got Long you into it at that yep. age, but I guess it was your sister. Yep. Yeah, so, family got you into yeah, it. Yeah, so well, and that's what we've been finding out is that it really is a, a family event, the Berkeley oh, County yeah. Youth Fair. I mean, not just the people we talked about, but their parents, their parents' parents, their grandparents, things like that. So is that really how it feels when you go out to the Berkeley County Youth Fair, like a, like a big family reunion almost? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you see people that you don't, you know, you see once a year and mm-hmm. you have fun with them and yeah. Well, and I do want to ask you before we get talking about the important stuff, how was it out there with the storm yesterday? Well, I headed out early, so I barely made it home in the rain, Ooh. but... Yeah, it was pretty nasty, so I but got you out took of care of your animal before you yep. left and all that. Yeah, make sure they were safe and stuff. Very Fed cool. them up. So I did. I saw the the note from the fair board, and they said, "Look, we've got volunteers. We can. They can just let us know that you need us to feed or water your animal." Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, is that pretty on brand for them? That's pretty typical that they'd step up and help if an exhibitor had to leave. Yeah, plus exhibitors help each other out and stuff. So when we have shows, you can ask someone else to take care of your animal for you. So. So you are aging out, as they say, uh, from the Berkeley County Youth Fair. So that starts to, uh, I guess, make your youth fair experience a little bit different. So are you going to plan on going back and mentoring and still volunteering and things? Is that kind of what the path is? You you do all the stuff, you do all the shows, you age out, and then you just come back in anyways? Yeah, definitely. My sister's on the fair board, so she's, you know, volunteering. My mom was on the fair board. Yeah. You know, I'll probably go volunteer. Yeah. Hmm. Obviously, you believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so you, you were a, a member of 4-H, but also then you chose to be part of FFA. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that experience, too. Like, that, What has that done for you? Um, FFA helped a lot with public speaking for me. I did, like, the – they have a competition where you say the creed. It's, like, what the FFA members believe in. Uh, that was another thing. You know, I watched my sister do it. She was president. I said I wanted to do it, so I was president for two years. She was president for one. Oh, okay. Um, I see yeah, how it is. <laughs> you just kind of, like, keep your eye ahead and for your future. So you're setting yep. goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how has, uh, you know, 4-H, FFA, that kind of stuff, how has it shaped your, I guess, young adult life now? Because you're aging out. You're starting to get to that age where you're going to college and doing different things like that. So how has this kind of shaped your, your early years, if you will? Yeah, it's definitely helped me be more of a leader. I held a lot of offices in 4-H, like I said, president of the FFA. It's helped me a lot with being more outgoing, um, more, you know, able to speak to people, interviews for jobs, things like that. It's definitely helped a lot. Interviews on the radio. And it looks good (laughs) on on resumes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't go to college, but it looks great on college applications as well. But. Now, I like to ask people, too, uh, when you were going into high school and things, right? Now, high school, you got all the different pressure. You got sports. You got friend groups. You got this, that, and third, right? Uh, and I would say, at least from my personal experience, 4-H, FFA, 
in my brain that was just people going out into the farms, out into the fields, and doing things like that. But that's not the case at all. I mean, there's so many different things you can do with 4-H and FFA. So uh, what would you tell to those uh, those young girls, those young kids going into you know maybe their ninth grade year of high school where they have these different options and maybe you know to their friends and different people, 4-H doesn't look like the cool option. What would you say mm-hmm. to them? Um, well, again, there are lots of things you can do. So in 4-H, you know, I showed my cat, uh, my dog. <laughs> Uh, you can do sewing projects. Uh, 4-H has a lot of options as far as non-animal projects mm-hmm. um, that you can just do at home for things you're interested in. You can do a self-determined so you can make your own project for something that they might not have. Um, but livestock teaches you a lot as well um, as far as responsibility, keeping things on track, mm-hmm. things like that. So it's a good thing to get into either way you want to do it. So a two-part question. First, um, the livestock exhibiting. What do you exhibit, and how long have you been doing livestock? Uh, I started, again, when I was eight. I showed a sheep. Um, I showed goats. Right now I show dairy and beef. Um, I've done everything but a pig. Um, now, why is that? I just don't like them. <laughs> They're just not my favorite. Fair. Fair enough. I've Fair raised enough. them for FFA. You can do the hand baking and egg sale, but have not shown them. <laughs> okay, I have to ask because you got best of show for a cat show. Yep. To me, that just blows my mind because I'm I'm just trying to think of how especially I would... with all the wild cats you got at your house. <laughs> right. My so how do you how do you prepare? For a cat show. Well, the 4-H cat show is a little different than a typical cat show. It's more of like what you know about your cat, um, mm. how you, you know, your relationship with it, things you know about cats. They just ask you a lot of cat-related questions, mm-hmm. and you just got to gotta talk their ear off. Did the, ha- did the cat have to show up? Yeah, he was okay. there. He wasn't very happy about it, but as I would assume most cats would probably react, but you didn't have to like have run through a tube and no, up over no, or anything no, no. like that. No, that would be chaos. Can you imagine? It'd just be. I, I feel like it'd be like I showed you earlier today. The there was that uh, picture of a sign in front of a business that said, uh, "If cats could text, they wouldn't text back." Type of thing. <laughs> right. So I feel like a cat uh, perform- like endurance show would just be everybody urging their cats to move. Yep. But they wouldn't. Yeah, do they it. just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My cat actually does no tricks, but I can't get him to do it in front of people. So oh, mm. a little performance yeah. uh, issue there. What's your yeah. cat's name? Mako. Mako. What kind of cat is Mako? Uh, he's just a know? little gray tabby. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I would never expect uh, cat show to be at the uh, mm. uh, Berkeley County Youth Fair. But like we were saying, I mean, there's so many different options for things to do out there. That's not just livestock. Mm-hmm. So do you see yourself then, uh, as, as, as Jordan mentioned, coming back, volunteering, and, and still being part of that family 20 years from now? Yeah, I can't imagine not at least showing up to the fair. You know, it's a, always been a part of my life. I'm going to miss it. So I definitely want to come back and enjoy it. So what are your favorite parts of the fair if you're going? You know, maybe you're not showing or doing anything like that. You're just going to hang out. What are, what are the things you got to go do when you're at the Berkeley County Fair? Yeah. Um, well, everyone loves the bull riding and the rodeo. That's always fun. Cow chip bingo. Marsha never yeah, misses. Yeah. Oh I'm excited for, uh, the 4-H, uh, people host line dancing tonight. So, oh, I mean, yeah, that's always Are you a fun. line dancer? Yep, yeah, I am. I am. Oh, Very cool. I've, I've never, uh, never attempted line dancing. Yeah. I've seen it, but I've never attempted it. Isn't today the ice cream eating yeah, contest eating today? contests are always yeah. fun. The donut eating contest. Yeah, jam-packed out there at the Berkeley County really Youth Fair today. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for stopping in. It's always so impressive to talk to all you young folks that are a part of the Berkeley County Youth Fair because you guys... Are, 
do so much, so many cool different things out there. Uh, it's very, very neat to hear. So, Haley, thank you for stopping in. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And, Marsha, got about a minute left here, a little bit more. Anything else you want to uh, you want to hit? So uh, you may be hearing on our news product uh, this morning, uh, Al Gage is back. He was That's uh, right. he uh, covered the Berkeley County Board of Education meeting, and uh, uh, one of the stories we're running is there was an update about the uh, what, how the money's being spent for bond. Uh, for the bond, and also they're doing a new uh, grade reporting system in the county. So um, look for that. Uh, what do you mean? Is it making it easier for parents to uh, check grades? I think so. And I, it's supposed to have. You didn't like it when your mom no, had access. No, I to am a grade so card? happy that my parents did not have that kind oh, of access. Gotcha. <laughs> I was in school. It would have been brutal. Mm. My baby would have been a better student. I think about it. But. <laughs> Maybe that's the idea. Yeah, yeah maybe that's where we'll, we can talk ourselves into that one. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, and, and of course, uh, I'm sure Hoppy will be all over the special session. Yep. Uh, and if you want to listen back to our conversation with the Speaker Pro Tem, Paula Spinoza, it'll be on our Panhandle Live uh, Facebook and Spotify. That's right. For you sports fans out there, head over to our website, panhandlenewsnetwork.com, or to the Twitter page at EP Sports Network. Got a Jefferson Cougars high school football preview out there now. Berkeley Springs is on the way. We got some Shepherd stuff going up today and throughout the rest of the week. So be prepared for that. Got the EPAC Media Day next week. Uh, it's all kicking off, Marsha. It's all kicking off right before our eyes. So, Because uh, it's August already. I know. Uh, can't believe we're already Football back to is here. But like Marcia said, if you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But for Marcia, Haley, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. Hoppy is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.